Welcome to another episode of What's the Rumpus. I'm Adrian Hanna. I'm Ryder Stepp. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I'm Charles Thomas. That was his name, dog. <laughs> Ryder Stepp yeah. is his name. Is that is, that's how it's pronounced? Yeah. Yep. It's a long E. That's <laughs> the longest E I've ever seen, that's what she said. I don't know why. Man, that's how, that's how much we've our, our conversations have degraded. Even letters are replaced as penises now. Awesome. Yeah. Go. All right, I'll go. I got, I got a good one to start with uh, to keep it on the lighter side because we started off light. Um, you know, we should just not say that anymore unless we actually do a real story, and then we'll say, to put it back on the heavy side. <laughs> That's what she said. Your mom. <laughs> what? <laughs> Neither of those responses made any sense. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, apparently, um, uh, some people put together this really cool thing in, uh, in Brooklyn, here in Brooklyn. I should say, um, they got uh, three of the uh, large uh, garbage bins, the giant dumpsters, I and, saw uh, this. and transformed them into uh, into a swimming pool. Yeah. So, what they did is they've got they've got two of the um, the dumpsters on uh, on uh, like uh, let's see, they've got it's like in an H configuration. Um, so it's got the the two that are on the outside are uh, are the swimming pools, and then the one in the middle is like a deck with a hot tub in it, and they've got too the, hot uh, in the hot tub. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You guys seriously don't know that? I I know it. I okay. have no idea what you're talking so about. I know exactly what you're talking D- about. Retarded James Brown made a video about a hot tub. Yeah, exactly. It was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it was a uh, Saturday Night Live. Wow. I haven't really watched that much Saturday Night Live anymore. That was uh, Eddie Murphy. Yep. So, oh fuck, then I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you haven't watched it in thirty years. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. So uh, they've got uh, they've got cabanas and a couple of grills and a bunch of uh, beach chairs. Um, the problem is, is that it's uh, it's invite only, so. You got to get an invite Boo. from somebody to, to be able to get into it. But the guys, where uh, is it? I it's uh it's called the Carroll Gardens pool, so I'm guessing it's near uh Carroll, Carroll Gardens. Gardens. Yeah. Okay. But is I mean is it like is it like some bar that put it in their their back lot or no, like it was just some some locals and they found uh a, an abandoned industrial lot and uh then how the fuck is it invite only? Well, that doesn't make they, any they, sense. They they own the property. I guess it's a company that does it. Oh okay. Um. So so this <laughs> it's probably some fucking dumpster company that's like, well, we got these three x to one sitting around. We can't. <laughs> they're safety rated that we can't use them to carry garbage anymore. What are we gonna do with them? Let's fill it with water. Put people in it. Okay. <laughs> that's sounds safe. Weren't these the toxic waste bins? Oh, it's. Uh, not anymore. We'll no, no, it's the, uh, the, the company that did it is a company called Macro C, and they're a real estate developer. Oh, okay. So the guy that was put in charge of this, um, or the guy that came up with the idea and and, and then got put in charge of it, was uh, just said, "Hey, let's let's you know, it'd be awesome as if we did this." So they took one of the industrial lots that the company owned 
and just set this up. And uh, one of the things the guy says, and I think this is totally awesome, um, is that if you wanted to do it yourself, it would only cost it would cost less than a thousand dollars to do with filtration. They wow. said too, actually. Yeah. Um, the, Not including the, the way, cost of renting the land, I'm sure. The way that uh, the way that it uh, um, that it only co- that it costs less than a thousand dollars is, of course, if you have the land, but also if uh, excuse me, if um, you get the uh, dumpsters uh, donated, or you found one or stole one, and that's a quote. Awesome. Totally. So I want to go steal three giant dumpsters and make a uh, a pool. Be pretty rad. I what? Could you, you, you just only steal need one. one dumpster? You only need one dumpster. Yeah, but if you want to go completely baller like this place, you need. Three. Or you could steal five dumpsters and you could have it twice as wide on each side. There you go. <laughs> what up? Did, did, I, did I? This is the headline that somebody had a typo in the Fark headline, which means eighty percent of the comments are about the typo in the headline. And the and the typo was just they put dumpsters. D u m p t e r s. That was the only typo, and like the whole thread is about, oh my god, I can't believe they spelled that wrong. I can't believe nobody caught that they spelled that wrong. And, and then like everybody's just comments about how they spelled it wrong, like big deal. And then everyone started relating dumpters to um to women's booty, which was funny and ridiculous. Okay, so. Uh I've actually got a couple of stories on this. Sony announces Reader Daily Edition free library ebook checkouts. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is pretty rad. Uh, this is clearly a com- Kindle competitor. Uh, it launching in December for f- 400 sticks. It's got AT&T 3G, which means it probably won't ever actually work. Uh, <laughs> and the 3G is limited to the Sony ebook store. But okay. you can rent... You can check out books as if you're checking them out from from a public library. Yep. So this was this the fr- I first saw this on Engadget by Neelai Patel, but then uh, Matt Buchanan at Gizmodo posts uh, and I guess it's not an update since it's a different website, but it's about the reader, and his article was Sony Virtual Library ebook checkout is awesome, but just a little too literal. Yeah. The problem is that in in addition to the library having to own the physical copies to loan them out to to loan out physical copies to people, they have to buy licenses to rent out the books to the readers. That's, That's terrible. Yeah, so you yeah, get so you get 21 days copies, you then... get 21 days with the book and if they only bought 5 virtual books, then they can only give it out to 5 people at once. Yeah. That's such bull. I hate licensing so much. I mean in in that case right there where that's oh, Stupid, 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 stupid. Yeah, I don't understand how that makes sense. Is it? Do you pay for the library service? I don't understand how that works. No, the library service is free, but the library has to pay to buy the books. What? What library? Whatever library you want to connect to the thing with. Oh, uh, so they're they're launching is it physical libraries or what? yeah, they're launching in collaboration yeah. with the New York Public Library. But there's also they're also working with a website called Overdrive.com, which is. Oh, that's the site that has to le- lo- that has to rent out the books to people. Oh, do they have physical copies of all the ones that they digitally rent out, or what? I, I don't. Well, I don't know, but you have to. That is irrelevant because you still have to buy the license. Oh. So even if you own five thousand copies of, I don't know, nineteen eighty four, you can't give any of that. You can't hold one and give it out to an ebook reader. You have to buy an ebook reader license, and then you can only give out give it out one at a time. 
So, I don't know. And that's did, did you guys see this? Um uh Sean Powers, I I realize that I'm talking about Sean again. But he he twittered yesterday hey, Sean Powers. that he was trying to buy Thunderstruck legally on the internet. Wasn't that today? Uh I think it was yesterday. And uh and he was unable to do it, as it, meaning he couldn't find Thunderstruck anywhere legally to download. And he already owns four ACDC cassettes with it on there, and two ACDC CDs. He just wanted the convenience. Not DVDs. Yeah, not DVDs. He wanted the convenience of being able to download it, and he couldn't because they wouldn't. They won't license their music for digital download anywhere because they're fucking stupid. Actually, I heard they struck I, a, a deal with the Verizon store to only sell it through them. Would you say they thunderstruck it? it? <laughs> but I think that they that you can only buy it if you have a Verizon phone. It's like, that's the worst the deal they've ever made. That doesn't make yeah. any any sense. Isn't that retarded? On so many in so many ways. Well, the Beatles had the same problem too for a really long time until they finally caved and because they went back and forth about the fact that. The um, they had a their record label was called Apple Records and so they had this whole big deal with uh, Apple the computing company for a really long oh. time and it, they went back and forth with trademark issues and stuff. It was yeah. a big fat mess. Okay. Well, that and they haven't owned owned the rights to their <laughs> own music. For- yeah, actually, on that note, now that fucking Michael Jackson is dead, yeah, where is all that good? Me- that. Where is all that great music going to be? Lo- is I mean, who's where did who's where did all those licenses goes? goes where did all those licenses license where did all that licensing go that's the only reason i care that the bastard is dead i want to i want to know if paul mccartney is going to get his songs back did he i I thought you hated paul mccartney i do hate paul mccartney but he i mean he wrote the great music or co-wrote it Uh i'm did he lose it in the bankruptcy logically one would one would assume that it would be part of uh his will jacko's will but uh i think I, I think if I remember correctly, the way that the, the licensing works is, after he dies, it defaults back to the uh, to the recording company. Yeah, because that's how licensing works, and, and you can't. Does he? Did know, he hold it personally, it like or properties. did like his estate? Oh, no, he personally, he personally bought it because he and uh, Paul McCartney were friends for a long time, and then he bought it out from under him, and then it broke up their friendship. That's so stupid. How yeah. were they friends? Why would you be friends with Michael Jackson? Because you didn't realize he was a crazy pedophile <laughs> surgery freak. Yeah, I guess that is true. Back to the uh, the library thing and the the licensing through the library. Right. The thing the thing that pisses me off the most about that is the fact that the library is having to pay licensing fees to be able to get people to access these books through them. And well, I mean it's the same as if it was a physical book. The the library No, no, no. It's not the it's not the same because because the library most of the time is not going to pay for a book. Somebody's going to donate it. Somebody's going to trade it in for a book that they have. Nine like probably 70 to 80% of the books that a public library has are there because of donations or trade-ins. And uh, it was because is because they don't have much of a budget for for buying books. I mean, most of what they rely on is people bringing in, bringing books in. So, you know, a company that's digitizing books and and putting them out there and allowing libraries to have them, except they have to pay a licensing fee, whatever the company decides on, is complete bullshit. 
I think digital digital mediums is a, is another way for people to suck more money out of you for something you could get cheaper, but you want it more conveniently. It's like well, yeah, but you always pay for convenience. Yeah, but well, you shouldn't be paying for convenience. You should be paying for the licensing, which should be dirt cheap. I don't know. I'm still interested in this. Um, I'm interested in it too, but I I think that that the licensing model is is crap and. I, I don't know. I guess I guess I'll reserve judgment on the whole thing until I uh, until I hear, you know, about the pricing model. And yeah. if the pricing model is re- reasonable for the libraries, then I guess I'm not too terribly concerned about it. But what they what they should getting... what they should limit is not the number of books that they have licenses for, but how many books you can have simultaneously. Yeah, that makes that a lot make more sense. Because then each user yeah. has two simultaneously. Then you're going to want to return that. And then their stock won't be out all the time. Whereas if you get unlimited books, but you can only, but you, you'll just keep them for the whole twenty-one days or whatever. Well, and I think having that time limit on it too it will will help with that. You know, I mean, aside from the fact that that if you don't have a time limit on it, you can potentially keep a book forever and get basically have a digital copy of a book, unlimited, for the rest of your life, but. I think that the the time limit on it, coupled with uh, with the number of books you can have out, as opposed to the number of the books a library can give out, uh, would definitely um, still follow the, the the model of a public library. Because actually, um, if I remember, well, it's been a while since I've actually gone to a public library. Um, but uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, yeah, if I Never. remember correctly, the the uh, library limits how many books you can check out at a time anyways. Yeah, it's usually two or three, from what I remember. Yeah. At least it was, right. like, in high school <laughs> when I actually remember checking out books. Yeah. I've been thinking about going down to the uh, the public library here and getting a, a a card or membership or whatever they call it. <laughs> um, can I have one of those things? I don't know what you guys do. I need, I need whatever it is you guys give me so I can check books out. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Totally. Um, this is um, from Slashdot, which I usually don't Shlash read. Slashdot. Slashdot. It's, it's Slash a sister dot. company of uh, of Slashdot. Slashdot. <laughs> Slashdot. I'm um, so confused. What's happening? It is. It is. Why is Linux notebook battery life so poor? Um, and this guy said he downgraded in quotes to XP, uh, creating a dual partition from Linux. And uh, found that his battery life was way more better in XP than it was in Linux. Which I have had the same experience. I find that the power management in Linux is not nearly as good as uh, Windows. Which is disappointing. Um, But in the comments, someone mentions this, and I actually did use this when I was trying to maximize my battery life. I'll try to find it real quick. It's a program, I think it's from Intel. Eh... (laughs) <laughs> this is a good one. To solve your problem, you need to set randomly underscore discharge underscore battery flag in the kernel source to zero at compile time. <laughs> what? Which, randomly discard charge battery flag? Oh, you need to set it okay. to zero. It was a joke. Yeah, I, that somehow that didn't click because I'm still reading text from last night. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to find the program so I can recommend it because it's, it's really good. 
it uh, it scans your computer and it looks at things that are keeping your computer from falling asleep and looking at things that might cause extra usage, such as uh, like querying your CD drive every ten milliseconds when it can do it like every ten seconds or something like that. Just just simple things, and uh, it actually automatically does it for you, which is even cooler. Nice. Man, does it, have any of you guys use this? I'm trying, still trying to find it in the slash dot no, comments. No, I don't know. Um, I actually have a question for both of you because yep. I know that that both of you and well, actually, all three of us have done this at some point or another. But um, how? Wh- when was the earliest you ever ran uh, Linux or some flavor of Unix on a laptop? On a laptop? Yeah. Uh, uh, Ryder was there when I did it. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, it was, I think it was my freshman year of college, but I'm not. No, I had it in high school. I had a compact uh, 266 megahertz that I bought from my video production professor for two hundred dollars. Okay. In high so, school. Uh, when was that? Like what? Uh, oh, what year? What year? Uh, yeah. Two thousand one or two thousand two, probably. Okay. All right. Okay. And I think I think I think out of the three of us, that'd probably be the the uh, the earliest okay. of, of the three of us. Um, I used it on a so, desktop when I was in Kentucky, which would be pre nineteen ninety nine. It was yeah, Debian. I'm not talking about de- oh, okay. desktop, um, but for, from from I got I had to, getting wireless drivers to work on that. Oh my god! It's back still a nightmare. It's still a nightmare know, because of fucking then, Broadcom. Oh my god. I just um, bought the cheapest wireless card I could get, and it was like eleven dollars. <sighs> okay, just just to uh, just to to go along with the flow of the conversation before I um, go back to where I was going with this, um, I had uh, FreeBSD installed on a on a laptop uh, f- four years ago. Wow! And you don't even want to talk to me about <laughs> uh, about wireless. FreeBSD free would, if, if I had to pick like top ten worst distributions, but on a laptop, FreeBSD would be one. Maybe no, OpenBSD open would be one. OpenBSD yeah. by far. Okay. OpenBSD doesn't even support wireless. Okay. Because it's because not the secure. only way. To, <laughs> no. Well, basically, yeah. The only way to do wireless on a in BSD is to use an NDIS wrapper. Yeah. And Which uh, isn't and that since bad. it's. Well, and since it's a wrapper over top of Windows code that is not verified, OpenBSD will refuse to to uh, accept uh, the Endis wrapper into uh, its r- repository. I see. That is retarded. Still. Still. So, yeah, ever since Harsh. the first, like, way back when, when I had my laptop, I had wireless, because that was the reason I wanted one, was to do wireless, pretty much. I thought that was right. cool. Well, so um, I, found, anyways, I found the program the point- really quick before we forget. Power okay. Top. You know how Top like monitors yeah. uh, processes. This is Top for power usage, and it's uh, only works with Intel platforms, but it will really help you optimize power. It's really cool, and it and it makes sure that like your CPU scales back and runs at lower frequencies and stuff. So it's really nice, and I've had it, and it works. Power Top. All right. Cool. Um, so the, the point I was bringing up with this is is the fact that you know we're looking at 2001 2002 as the earliest any of us have used a uh, Linux on a laptop. Yeah. I would imagine that Linux on a laptop was not a big thing for very much before that. So we're looking at within the last decade and Unix 
has been around for <laughs> 30 decades. Years, yeah. I think so. 40, 35 I mean, maybe. Yeah. And, and, and since it's, and especially with Linux where it's an open source platform, um, people are working, the people that do contribute to, to the code, uh, don't, I'm just I'm just assuming at this point, but I'm saying that that they don't probably don't contribute to power management that much because it's and because it's still it's still a, such a small sliver of the populace. You know, out of the people that use Linux, how many people put it on a laptop? And I still I would still say that it's probably very few, and it's probably the newest community of uh, the the Linux community. I, as a whole, that, that's probably true. I bet you the percentage of laptop Linux users, as opposed to desktop Linux users, is increasing, while the desktop crowd is decreasing. I mean, if you just look at those two stats, I'm guessing right. that that there's more laptops than there used to be. Right. As I, compared I, to how many I, desktops. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that that you know when it comes to when it comes to code contribution. Yeah. Um. It well, it's like it's like with viruses. You know, viruses hit. Windows machines, primarily just because there's more of them out there than anything. So you have a small few people who use Linux on a laptop, and how many of those people actually could, you know, whip up something for for the uh, for a, a Linux repository, and that that has to do with power management for their laptop, and it's such a small number <laughs> that you end up with. You don't you don't end up with the the robust power management tools like you do with everything else, like you know? um, hibernation. Like that was something mm-hmm. that's not like you just close your laptop and it magically hibernates. It's like you really have to know what you're doing to get that working right. properly. Right. And like hibernation would not be something you would ever want to use on a Linux desktop or a Linux server because it'd be completely pointless and stupid. I think. <laughs> totally. I mean, it could be useful, but it's not nearly as useful as on a laptop. Right. All right. Back to me, then. Hold on. on. I want to read one more text from last night. (laughs) Chuck has not been paying attention to any of the conversation. No, I have. A little bit. Uh, He he called me the Joe Joe Montana of blowies. Not sure if this is an accomplishment or an insult, but going off the amount of condensation on the windows of my car, I'm just going to do a little touchdown dance and pass out. (laughs) (laughs) The Joe Montana of blowies. Amazing. (laughs) What is a blowie? Dude, a blowjay? Come on, dude. Andy blowie. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> you guess. <laughs> All right. Um so in Australia recently, uh the police the band? Uh no. <laughs> The police, as in the government don't agency. Don't stand so, don't stand so close to me. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> they Wait, uh, don't took you mean over. Not those guys. Yeah, not those guys. Uh, <laughs> they took over a uh, an underground underground. I'm using the air quotes. Underground hacking forum. Um, it was at uh, rootu.org, which is r00t-y0u.org. Um, 
and uh, in retaliation, one of the uh, RootU users um, uh, took over the uh, police uh, took over a police computer. Um, and uh, I I thought this was funny. I I just wanted to throw that do? out there and laugh. Um, well, they, they didn't really do anything. They just compromised the computer and like defaced it a little bit, I guess. But it turns out that, 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 uh, the computer that they, that they quote unquote hacked was a, uh, was a honeypot that the police had set up. (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh, so they were saying that the hackers really didn't hack their computers. Right. For, for anybody out there that doesn't know what a honeypot is, it's a computer that's set up, um... To attract people to attack it, attack it, and then they have some logging mechanism to pay attention to what's going on, so they can uh, find vulnerabilities uh, and catch people doing nefarious things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's um, like entrapment for computers. Basically, yeah. Um, you it's not entrapment. Uh, it's not like they advertise it. It's just, yeah. it's it's a way to prevent. So you you don't make it easy to get into either. So when not you actually when you finally you make it compromisable. No, you you make it less easy than every other system on your network. Yeah. No, you make it more easy than every other system on your network, but still not easy. So that <laughs> if what, did I say less easy? Yeah. Yeah, you did. That's I'm why meant, I was confused. Yeah, I'm, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 at any rate, the point is. So you still go to lengths to break into it, but then you've broken into something so that you assume that you've broken into the system, and then you spend all your time poking around in the honeypot instead of actually doing anything yeah. malicious because they expect and that to They happen. want to make it interesting enough so you stick around so they can... Well, and usually, usually the system's jailed anyway, so no matter what you're doing, you're not actually doing any damage even yeah. to the honeypot. Right. And then they can collect all your information. They can figure out your IP and try and track you down while you're fucking around right. in a machine that doesn't even do anything. Um, apparently, uh, though, the, 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 the rub of the whole thing was that uh, the, the way that they ended up um, exploiting it, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure because I'm like, rereading the article right now to, to, to verify this or not, but I'm not sure... But the way this sounds is that they that whoever broke into the honeypot was actually able to break out of the honeypot and into the rest <laughs> of the network. That's because, crazy. Because because the uh, the there was uh, MySQL. It was it was a PC running Windows and it had MySQL on it, but they had left the MySQL admin password blank, Derp. which is. Just, just as a uh, a pro tip to everybody out there, the <laughs> pro uh, tip. yep, pro tip. MySQL by default installs with a blank password for your for your uh, root account. So, <laughs> Me so and Adrian that had shit. that discussion when I was installing Wicca uh, Wiki. Yeah, remember we were talking about that. I'm like, I don't know yep. what my password is. I don't know what I set it to. And you're like, it's blank. Oh my god, it's blank. <laughs> you're right. It's blank. B L A N. So so Blank so whoever bang. broke into the yeah. honeypot then then broke out of it using uh, MySQL oh, nice. to uh, a blank user pass or blank root password, and that is funny to me. Totally, because I find things like that amusing. Yep. Wow, that was awkward. Didn't bother to read the whole yeah. article. True story. Moving on. All right. So on the on the subject of uh, 
governmental data. That was a terrible segue, Charles. Uh, City of San Francisco <laughs> promises to open its data with datasf.org. Um, this, I found this on Boing Boing by a person whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> X-E-N-I. Zenny? Zenny Jardin? Anyway. Um, Najir, not going to be working <laughs> here anymore. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so San Francisco is putting up a website where you can find... Um, it's from the article, it says, for example, there will be updated crime incident data from the police department, restaurant inspection data from the par- Department of Public Health. Uh, the initial phase of the website includes more than 100 data sets from a range of city departments, including police, public works, and the Municipal Transportation Agency. Uh, awesome. <laughs> totally. Totally awesome. What were you talking about, Chuck? <laughs> were you guys reading text from last night? No. no. Oh, um, okay. I I just uh um I think it's awesome that they're making that information available. It's kind of scary though because um Where is this? In San, San Francisco, Francisco, dude. Where else, Where else would, would it be? This? Weird. Uh, I don't know, somewhere that's more gay. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyways, um, irrelevant. I I, I think Lawyer. it's awesome the the that they're making that kind of information freely available because that kind of information should be freely available. Um, right. It's however, it's all a matter of public I'm, record I'm, anyway. It's just that it's easier to get yeah. to now. Yeah. However, I'm 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 scared about what information, what information that's going to be out there that shouldn't be that they unintentionally put out there. What information is not available um, through the website but is available through the same network and so therefore um, with a little bit of effort is available to the to the internet that shouldn't be out there mm-hmm. um, and what ways that this information is going to be put to use now that you mentioned that the conspiracy theorist in me thinks well this is all the stuff they want you to think that it's all they have it's what they want you to see but they're keeping all their real records about the Kennedy assassination in uh, area 51 in a different uh, that's that's not uh, data sf that's org that's uh, secret data sf dot org yep. <laughs> it's all out there on the sippernet totally the what sippernet it's the uh, gover- government's uh, secret network, which it's not secret as in nobody knows about it. It's secret as in encrypted. I could go on for hours about the procedures uh, involving it because I've actually had to. I've actually had to put computers on the Sippernet before. Oh, in the military. Yeah. Word. Anyway, uh, back to back to ta- stories about San Francisco. Uh, oh, yeah. Life-size Candyland game in San Francisco. This is what? awesome. So, is it drink Candyland? Uh, it could be. No. Uh, so, Lombard Street in San Francisco is is the street that's famous for being like the curviest street in the world, or something like that. And uh, Lombard, Lombard, L O M B A R D. And so, for the benefit of Mr. Kite? The UC San Francisco Children's Hospital, they turned Lombard Street into a giant Candyland game that is actually playable by, um, I guess, whoever. It's also uh, celebrating the 60th anniversary of the game. How is it? Lombard Street? Where is it? Lombard Street? I'm looking at Google Maps. 
no curves. Would be no curves. would be oh, awesome curves. for shoots and ladders. Yes. <laughs> That's true. And it would be a pain in the ass if you ever got uh, a ladder. Yeah. It's like, yes, I'm skipping in front of everyone. I need a break. <laughs> yeah, it's super curvy <laughs> and super is. steep. Where are the curves? I'm they do the, the they street. do the uh, um, the big wheel races on it every year too. It's brick no, too, right? L O M B A R D, right? Yeah. There's absolutely no curves in the whole street in San Francisco. It's completely straight. That's not true. Oh, oh, there's one curve, and then it changes to Richardson Avenue. Whatever, noob. I'm looking at the map. I'm looking at a oh, picture wait, oh, of oh, it. Oh, oh, I found it. I found it. Stupid ass. I've been on this street before. I know it has oh, curves. Right. Oh, there's people <laughs> driving on the curves. <laughs> As they tend to do like, on roads. <laughs> what is wrong with you today? <laughs> oh, there's pictures of Lombard Street. So it only curves in one place. How stupid is that? Your mom only curves in one place. <laughs> that was weird. Okay. Oh, telegraph. No changes. I found the part, though. Y'alls. True story. <laughs> that shit there's was no, ridiculous. Uh, there's no picture. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, there is. The Google, uh... Um... What you call it? Google taking pictures thing? Is We've that? never talked about Street View on the podcast, have we? We've yes. No, never, yeah, we have. Like four different like, episodes. Like eight times. Five. We talk about it times. almost as often as we talk about Sean Powers. Wait, there, there's people that at Sean Powers. It's like Lombard Street, Sean Powers, and then at Sean Powers. Um, AT and T and Apple being stupid, and then that thing that you just mentioned that I forgot what it was already. Google Street, Street View. Yeah, Street View. <laughs> Chuck walking around with his with his drawstring shorts, taking a week off of work so he can moon the Google man. <laughs> yep. I would totally, totally do that. Be the epic. dub. Yeah, I. You told us you would do that on recorded episode that's on the airwebs that people can listen to. All right, Ryder. Do you have a story? Um. Yeah, I do. Hold on. I was looking at this Lombard Street. Uh, oh, okay. really? Did you guys... Did you find yeah. it? <laughs> did I tell you about that? I found it. Um, so, did you guys hear about Papa John and his Camaro? Yes. The Papa, of Papa Did John's you see the FARC headline for this? No, I didn't. Papa John to buy everyone in New Jersey a pizza. <laughs> I <laughs> okay, that wasn't this. Th- there's actually like three stories. Okay, so um, originally, he, w- w- to found Papa John's, he sold his Camaro, like a 71 Camaro Z28, for like $1,500 to start his pizza joint. And uh, and then it, obviously it, it was successful, if you've heard of Papa John's. he's I'm sure he's a multi-millionaire. And uh, so he bought another Camaro and replicated the original one they had, the paint job and everything. But he offered $25,000 for whoever found his car, his Camaro, his original. And uh, he spent the better part of a decade looking for it, including having an ex-FBI agent working on it and private detectives. No one could find it. So he upped the ante to $250,000. And... uh, and somebody popped up and uh, gave him a tip, 
And the person who gave him a tip used to own the car, but he sold it. So Papa John gave him $25,000. And then he found the guy who had the car, and it's, like, fully restored, like, looks so good. And they made it a drag racing car. So it's an 850-horsepower Camaro Holy that crap. runs a quarter mile in nice. less than 10 seconds. It's got, like, 20-inch wide slicks on the back. It's It looks awesome, too. I bet they don't granny shift it. Job. What? <laughs> double clutch it? <laughs> Don't, not double clutching, <laughs> granny shifting. Um, so, so the, the, oh, it runs the quarter mile at 955 at 141 miles an hour. Damn. And, uh, so Papa John gave him $250,000 for the car, and he said if he ever uh, decides to put an original motor back in it, he'll send the motor back to the guy. Nice. It's a eight, 850 horsepower race engine, basically. And uh, so then, uh, now that he found his car, he is going to buy everyone who owns a Camaro a free pizza, was the third part of that story. So he found his car, and now he's happy. Yeah, so if you own a Camaro, go to Papa John's and get your free pie. (laughs) New Jersey. um, What, uh... Oh, Jalopnik, what Jalopnik asked was, how much would you pay to get your original car back? Uh, I'm guessing Chuck's original first car. Zero. Exploderfied. It's probably either torn apart or junkyard. Yeah. Do you even know where it is? No, I have no idea. That's a pretty awesome first car, though. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, I didn't buy it until I was 23, so. (laughs) But it's still an awesome first car. Yeah. My first car was a uh, 93 Dodge Caravan, so I would give zero dollars to get that back. My my first car was a 1988 Mercury Tracer hatchback. Oh, really? Oh. I thought it would be a Honda Civic. I thought that was your first car. <laughs> nope. No. That was your first car that you ever hatchback. abandoned on the side of the road, though, wasn't it? <laughs> no. I, that was, it that wasn't? Actually, no. <laughs> what was the first car you abandoned on the side of the road, then? The, uh, the Hyundai I owned in California. <laughs> nice. You just left it there? Oh, well, I had it towed to a friend's house. Oh. Oh, I thought that was a you Honda. No, oh. it was a Hyundai. Never mind. Um, Sofa, Hyundai. Refrigeration. <laughs> Refrigeration. No, um, uh, the first car I owned was an 88 Mercury Tracer. I bought it from my friend's mom for more <laughs> than it was worth. In sexual really? favors? Um, yeah. What, how, it, how much? What, did you buy it for more than free? <laughs> I bought it for $1,400. Oh, my gosh, really? In 1996. It doesn't matter 19- what year you bought it in. That was a yeah. bad purchase. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a car bad, and I got it. And you know, it ran well, but it was like she smoked in it all the time, so the oh. interior was yellow. Oh. Gross. Uh, but uh, a couple of friends of mine and I sat down and just monkeyed around with it. We ended up putting a refrigerator in it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Among so, other things. So, so my, I, my car history since my first car got better and better, which is cool. It usually does. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Most people go to, like, minivans and shitty slush boxes. Well, okay, you got plenty I, of time for that. You're still young. Since we've been talking about, since we've been talking about uh, um, driver history or vehicle history, I just want to throw out there that um, the, uh, the Jimmy was the yeah. first vehicle I've ever owned that I actually was able to sell. <laughs> I've never sold the vehicle and, either. Wow. Uh, neither have I. Uh, every other every well, other I vehicle sold mine got totaled. After it was totaled. Both yeah, of them. every other every other vehicle I've owned has been totaled. 
Uh, my car, I had to donate to charity so that they would take it <laughs> because I couldn't <laughs> afford to do anything with it. Well, they're supposed to. I still haven't gotten a receipt from them. I have to call them up oh. and track it down, but I never have the time. Yeah. Um, so then my second car was a Subaru Legacy. Third car was a 96 Toyota 4Runner manual. Fourth that was an awesome car. car. Was, yeah, that was a baller. Fourth car was a 93 BMW 325i. Fourth car, fifth car, uh, 89 BMW 325iX, all-wheel drive. <laughs> and my sixth car is a 88 uh, BMW 325iX. <laughs> That's right, two of them. Yeah, and it's not like you ran one into the ground and had to get another one. You have two that run, right? Yeah, I Ish. have two that run. Actually, both the engines are in really good shape. One of them has a steering problem, and the other one has a uh, probably a transfer case problem. So we'll figure out which one I want to keep. I think I want to keep the 88, even though it has the worst paint job of all time. Okay, not the worst paint job of all time, but it's not plain, which is gay. <sighs> True story. So my vehicle history has gone from crappy. And now uh, Ashley has a 2004 Toyota 4Runner, which is our daily driver, which is nice. I like it. Is it to Adrian? <laughs> Homie G's? Uh, is it Adrian after me? I can never remember. Shit. I don't remember. Alright, well, I'll just go then. Cause, yeah, go. Uh, Northern Michigan University teams up with Motorola for campus-wide WiMAX. Oh, yeah. And boom goes the dynamo. Yeah, this, this was this was on Engadget and relevant to our interest because we all went to school 100 miles north of here, Northern here. Michigan University, and I just realized how ridiculous that sounds. Super Northern Michigan University. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, NMU was big and famous in Michigan for a while because they required students to buy laptops, which was a big deal. Um, and now they're uh, they still they still have that program where, in order to enroll, they require you to buy a laptop, and uh, it looks like the university is gearing up to give out. Uh, is it? it? Yeah, it looks like they're giving away uh, three thousand WiMAX enabled ThinkPads. Yep. Uh, but that's a th- that w- three thousand students is a third of the population, roughly. Of the university. Yeah. It's a fifth, I think. I think they have fifteen thousand students. Uh, what, according to the Gizmodo article, they have nine thousand. Oh, okay. Maybe that's maybe that's total, and nine thousand is just undergrads or something. I don't, I don't know. know. They don't have they don't have grad programs really there though. So oh, okay. Uh, so it'll cover it'll cover thirty square miles, and um, it will include off campus sites and local schools and municipal offices through the licensing agreement. I'll have to ask my bro- my brother. My brother goes there, so I'll see if what he thinks when he gets it, if, how it works and stuff, and we can give you updates and shiz. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting because the school that we went to that's 100 miles north is uh, Michigan Tech, and they're not doing any of this. <laughs> no. Their wireless deployment is still not complete. Yeah, we were just, well, we were just bitching in the IRC channel yesterday about how fucked up their Wi-Fi distribution is. Well, There's so I, many I more think things that are fucked up. <laughs> I think I think what we what we ended up talking about really was not so much specifically the uh, the wireless clusterfuck, but uh, more in general uh, tech's inability to properly deploy um, anything. <laughs> you know? I mean, 
True dad. I mean, I think I think what it came down to is we were talking about the fact that that the tech their 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 uh, development cycle for any new thing that they're going to roll out is homebrew the shit out of it for three years, decide that whatever they came up with fucking sucks, and then go and spend twenty thousand dollars on something that only kind of does what they want it to, or or way more money depending on how how awesomely right. bad you want it to work. Right, exactly. But see, and also the thing is, is the more money that they spend, the less it does of what they originally wanted it to do, too. So it's, it's an, like... It's inversely proportional to how much money you spend, the functionality. So it's like, oh, well, we want to do our own email, centralized email, so let's go from individual email servers all over campus to a centralized email server. Okay, and then we're going to use Squirrel Mail on top of that, but then we're going to go and homebrew the shit out of it and make it all fucked up. Well, that's not really doing anything and people really don't like quote unquote husky mail so let's see what can we do to oh we'll just go with zimbra oh let's just dump a shit ton of money into zimbra and now now we've got a really cool email system (laughs) we got another really cool email system that nobody wants to use what what sucks is that it goes down all the time and i'm like i'm at work it should be hosted locally which would be way better um but i'm at work and it goes down Roughly at least three times a week. Are you serious? Oh yeah, like oh yeah, like holy for, crap! For between ten and twenty minutes, usually. That's insane. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't. That's know inexcusable. They, yeah, I agree. And it's not yeah, like and you don't you don't get um, detailed error messages. Sometimes it just sits there and loads. Sometimes you get some weird error and like it just it's all over the place. And Telcom blames Zim- the Zimbra people, and the Zimbra people have no idea what's going on. And <laughs> yeah. so I you, mean, you're like, hey, what's going on? Whatever. So, yep. That's shameful. So, I. Yeah, Wimax. I don't know. <laughs> and stuff. My dog is being whiny. All right. What does she want? Man goes ape shit after th- mom throws out Gundam action figures. <laughs> <laughs> the the man, what is he like? Thirty years old? Twenty nine years old. <laughs> you know what? No matter City, no Japan. matter how old he is, if he starts freaking out over throw, toys being thrown away, you can't call him a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little bitchy whiny boy. Twenty nine yeah, year old man bad. baby has a hissy. Man, this is baby. this is almost as bad as the uh, the dude who used to. Uh, I, I saw a video a couple of years ago of a of a uh, a guy uh, who just had the perfect definition of a temper tantrum every time his mom tried to get him to quit playing WoW. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and and, Wait, who? and it's. It's, I don't know some some guy and it was a video on the internet. Oh, some yeah. kid got okay. you know I've and his mom was like, oh, "He's addicted, that. and I don't know what to do." And, but uh, yeah, so you should this go on dude a TV has, show. Somebody will want to film you. Send yeah, him to Walschwitz. Totally. <laughs> but uh, the, I mean that's just ridiculous. I mean I okay so. Um, we recorded last week, but it didn't quite turn out because of technical difficulties, and I talked about this that time. And ever since this story came up, I've, I've been trying to picture it in my head. And every once in a while, I'll just be like, man, what the hell? 
I mean, just seriously, the guy just gets so mad that he goes into his house and, like, I, I don't know, and just starts the house on fire? I mean... Yeah. He burned the house down, didn't he? Yeah, the house burned down. Yeah, that's a pretty reasonable thing to do. Uh, totally. When your mommy throws away your action figures and you're yeah. 30. Yeah. It's I, I just I, it's that's ridiculous to me. It's it, okay. absurd. I, I have to it interrupt is. because I just thought of this really great story I heard on Bob and Tom once. So the they had a comedian on Bob and Tom who was a huge Star Trek fan and nerd. Yeah. He lived in I think LA and ended up ended up somehow dating James Dewan's uh, granddaughter and James Dewan was uh, Scotty on the original Scotty. series. And uh, he was talking about how weird it was that he he wanted to take her back to his apartment, but his bedroom was lined with action figures. And uh, he goes, and it, I mean, she'd walk in there, and it'd be like her grandfather was yelling at her in tiny form, "Don't go in here! Don't go in here! Do you know where I've been? I've been in that guy's ass." Which would <laughs> which would be funny enough by itself, except then he goes, you know, I tell that joke all over the place, and every time I get guys to go, you know, if you take it out of the original package, it declines in value. <laughs> Also, if he's thinking of your butt and declines in value. Even steeper. Yeah. Wait, it declines in value? <laughs> uh, it's funny because his van got pooped on. <laughs> what? Decline. Cl- oh, yeah. I, Somebody pooped on his van. <laughs> Literally. It was a brown van and someone pooped on it. I missed the frat house. In the middle of winter. In the middle of the night. <laughs> It'd be tough to squeeze that out takes a turd effort. in the... W- I can't believe... It's, they're lucky their stuff didn't get stuck to the top of the metal roof. <laughs> that would be epic. If you go out the next day and you see somebody's ass stuck to a van and they got shit all over <laughs> What were you doing? Um, There's no way to explain this. I was trying to poop on your van. I'm sober now and cold and it doesn't make any sense, but it was perfect at the time. <laughs> No, this is great, though. 365black.com. Go to th- oh, go yeah. to 36... Yeah. Ryder, go to 365black.com and tell me you don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Wait, it's not loading, but I, the top says, Welcome to McDonald's365black.com. I'm loving it. Yeah, this, <laughs> McDonald's has a new campaign that's supposed to... I don't know. Celebrate. Okay. At McDonald's, we believe that African American culture and achievement should be celebrated 365 days a year, not just during Black History Month. That's the idea behind 365black.com. It's a place where you can learn more about education, employment, career advancement, and entrepreneurship opportunities and meet real people whose lives have been touched by McDonald's. (laughs) Opportunities. Yeah. Um, Oh, but this is is great, too. Like the unique African boa. Boabab tree, Baobab tree, which nourishes nourishes its community with its leaves and fruit. McDonald's has branched out to the African American community, nourishing it with valuable programs and opportunities. <laughs> okay, seriously, seriously, whoever designed this webpage, I don't feel like they even have ever met a black person before. <laughs> and the banner ads are all for McDonald's and all have black people in them. Really? Yeah. I'd hit it. If you, I, I, that, okay. So all of that I just read off of what is three six five black. I see. Oh, ads. All right. So, 
this week's FARC headline of the week. Today is the 50th anniversary of Hawaiian statehood. Hawaii is, of course, famous for the hula, luau's, volcanoes, and temporarily being Kenya one day in 1961. <laughs> I have to stop. I have to stop reading these to you guys in advance because the laughter never really seems as sincere. Yeah, that felt yeah. really, really forced. <laughs> Well, I I, this, it, I mean, that, it's really funny and it's really clever, but it's not funny or clever the 14th time you've read it. Right. So, um, well, I don't know. Some of them are. It's it, it just depends. That one actually, I I I have to admit, I read it and I didn't understand. Yeah, I did the same I thing. I was like, what? Because I was like, what does that have to like, do really? with Kenya? And then it finally clicked, yeah. and I went, oh my god, that's genius. I actually went to the Wikipedia article on Hawaii looking. At it. <laughs> It doesn't like, say anything like, about when, changing its name. I don't understand. I was like, what the hell? Hawaii it was never part of Kenya. What are they talking <laughs> Oh. Well, no, it was more like, what What the hell? I don't get this. I mean, why? Hawaii was never part of Kenya. Let's look at the comments. Why are all the comments about Barack Obama? <laughs> I, I don't understand this. What does that have to do with Hawaii being part of Kenya? Oh, I can't believe that took me so long to get that. <laughs> There's actually, and we were talking about this before, but you should put it in the show notes. There's a really great uh, comparison. It's like these one of these birth certificates is fake, and it shows one from it shows a fake birth certificate from Kenya and a real one. And the <coughs> excuse me, and then uh, President Obama's real one from uh, Hawaii. It's pretty pretty amusing. Yeah. Uh, did you have? There's a, also sorry. There's also a, there's also a great. Uh, um, uh, parallel between um, Gregory House, MD, uh, Barack Obama, and uh, Joseph Stalin in an awesome picture that I saw. Yeah, I still don't know tonight. what the fuck that was about. Yeah. I suppose I could have actually read um, the thread, but that's too much work. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to surprise everyone out there, the link will be in the show notes. <laughs> um, so, did you have a question for this week? Because we talked about a couple that were. I, I did. Um, my question of the week is, uh, what was your first car? Oh, well, we covered that already, so. Uh, so, Adrian, where can we find you on the interwebs? You can find me at adrianhanna.net, where I blog o blog, and you can find me on Twitter at uh, CodeMonkey2841. Okay, you can find Ryder at RyderStep.com, R-Y-D-E-R-S-T-E-P.com, and he is R-M-S-T-E-P on Twitter. I'm Charles Thomas. You can find it uh, my blog at crthomas.org, and I actually have quite a few things in the pipe, uh, so look out for those. Uh, hopefully this week, a couple of couple of ideas, um, and then twitter.com/crthomas42, and then also, if you want to chat with us in the IRC chat, we have it's what's the rumpus podcast.com, and the port is six 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 four. You can also go. You can go to the the website and there's links to it from there. Right. Which is what's the rumpus podcast.com. Right. So uh, I think that's it for this week. Uh, enjoy. Uh, so I believe that that is the rumpus. not really true. Oh, wow.
The HTC Hero has been an object of lust inside of Noah. Kenny, here's your Android coverage. The HTC Hero has been an object of lust for some time now for gadget enthusiasts. Even from the get from the earliest days of leaked hardware shots and blurry demo videos of its UI, smartphone fans seem to agree that the company had finally achieved what they had been missing in the world of Android. Yay, Kenny got what he wanted. <laughs>